I all right. Let's ta- cool. let's jump into either fire or fire if you want to. Yeah, let's do it. Um, as per usual, you're more versed in it than I am. Although I only finished uh, two weeks ago, so yeah, I know. Uh, but I get, it. I get it. I definitely understand that I'm feeling. Un- unusually uh, prepared <laughs> when when we talk about our when we talk about things I've written. Uh, it's usually uh, things I've wrote this month ago. But yeah, this time at least some of that I've wrote, wrote within the last. So I am not as unprepared as usual. Um, would you say you wrote in the last month, like things from scratch or do you talking about editing? Cause that's, I wrote that's, from scratch in the last, last few weeks. Yeah. Wow. That's really, you publish fast then, right? You didn't even, you don't even sit with well, it. I edit as I, I edit as I write. I mean, there's some like <clears throat> right. structural editing I'll run into like, Oh, I shouldn't have done any of this or, you know, stuff like that. Um, I envy that about it. Pretty much every day or every couple of days with the last section, the about Jens Jakobsen, uh that I wrote a little bit more free without like editing as 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 I went along because I was I was I wrote that while I was like typing up the end of the other two sections. Okay. Um because I <clears throat> wanted that to be more just like offhand, I guess, <clears throat> or Kind of like how he was writing it while he was writing a book. I wanted to be writing it while I was writing a book. If that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense if you read um, your if you read your book. It makes sense because yeah, you make okay. that a big uh, part. Yeah, I of guess. It. I guess. I realized at some point it was like this weird postmodern puzzle where, like, <laughs> I'm writing a book about a guy writing about a book. Yeah. Right. Sorry, I'm writing a book about a guy writing a book about a guy who writes books. Yeah. No, I uh, that, yeah. that 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 was a very interesting uh, aspect to it, and then uh, it, obviously it makes me think about you knowing you, but then I fight the urge or the um, inclination to think right. of you because to, I'm to reading a book. Daydream with with <clears throat> me as as Phineas, or as the writer of Phineas different. writing, you know, about a guy that writes. Yeah, <laughs> Phineas writing. Yes, yeah, Peter Most people won't have that problem, right, when they read your book. So. At least the yeah, layer I hopefully. have with you, but um, if it spreads beyond my <laughs> circle of acquaintances, that kind of leads me to a question. Um, yeah, about your planning for the book, which apparently you, mm. ca- you kind of just explained, but I found that it it led to a crescendo of sorts that um, felt mm-hmm. felt on purpose, and I, I don't I don't think it was like you wrote down an outline and then you said, "All right, I'm going to start off." And I'm gonna make the reader f- feel a certain way, and then I'm gonna lead him down. Feel real depressed. <laughs> to, yeah, to a desolate kind of. How do you pronounce his name? Jens uh, Jacobson, however you say it correctly. Jacobson. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sure I don't say it right. But there Even was. I'm Danish. <laughs> there, but. there was a lot of very interconnected themes that led to that crescendo. Yeah. Do you, was that on purpose, or was that uh, just a happenstance? It was a little bit guided, a little bit like it was a little bit, you know, a Ouija board kind of just figuring out what, 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 uh, you know, just, just unconsciously kind of connecting things and a little <laughs> bit me guiding the Ouija board. Um, that's what I think, uh, where I think my most effective writing comes from, where I like, I kind of realize what I'm doing. So I kind of can push it. Like I kind of realize why these ideas are coming together, mm-hmm. why he's 
why I think he's writing about Falstaff at the beginning and, you know, kind of like his, the, 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 the themes of the middle section of either, the, the section called Either Fire or Fire, and then how that kind of connects to, to young Peter Jacobson's life. So, like, um, yeah. kind of, yeah, some of those came about by accident, but then they were, uh, yeah, I, I kind of stressed or de-stressed them based on, uh, yeah, just noticing it. It's Which, like in the, um, in the story, uh, Funeral Wedding Funeral, uh, where like I realized at one point that a lot of the uh, the metaphors and a lot of the imagery were like bottle like things happening bodily bodily harm happening to people and I was like oh that's appropriate I realized why I did that unconsciously and then kind of kept that up for the rest of it mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's kind of like semi conscious and then a little bit conscious but I I mean I did have. Yeah, I mean, uh, at least at least on like a very macro level, it was it was planned either fire or fire. Almost, I played with making it more like overtly like uh, the Divine Comedy, uh, hell and then purgatory and then heaven. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, it, that doesn't super fit as well because there's not like a. I don't know. There's not like a, a sense of like Phineas having sins or something and having to like over like yeah, uh, work work out about her. Well, maybe you uh, could say the leaving leaving the jo- well. I guess it's not purgatory, but leaving the job was a bit like maybe leaving Eden or something. Well, le- I would say that's leaving the opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that, but I mean, that's him leaving damnation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but but in terms of this, the. Uh... What am I trying to say? I don't know. That that was a break in the in the story. It kind of felt like a di- obviously yeah. a different part of the story. So yeah, I, I'm not saying yeah. the job was great, but um, as a structure <laughs> to the story, it, it was definitely. I think, a... I think my mom is bad that he's so ungrateful for his job, and I'm like, that's okay. All right. Well, I want to. I want to <laughs> ask another question about the planning um, in terms of your mm-hmm. reading because. Um, it's very thoughtful, and I was wondering if you were reading simultaneously, or if you read previous to yeah. writing this, and then you kind of planned so out of course, your influences. Yeah, so of course, some of it I had read before. I wouldn't have known Niels Lena and Jan Peter Jakobsen without having read and been incredibly affected by Niels Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, I read it twice in three days the first time I read it, once in one day and then once in two days. Wow. Um yeah, it was a weird Monday to, to, to Wednesday and uh, the beginning of 2020 uh, before stuff happened, even before all the stuff started. It was like January 2020. Uh, but then also, um, I hadn't read his, his biography of him, which I didn't really go use that much explicitly for the book because it came out after the book was supposed to have taken place. Um, but still, like, some of the information uh, went in there. And his other novel, Maria Guba, um, and some of the short stories. I was also, for the middle section, uh, I realized there was a lot of like Nietzsche vibes, a lot of Beyond Good and Evil vibes. And so I reread some of that. Although actually, I was pretty spotty rereading that, just kind of like, uh, a little bit every once in a while. And I was, I was, I was reading one day and I had just written something that was like really similar to what Nietzsche was talking about in the second part of, uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. there's the section in the Chivali section, which or Chivali section, which I'm sure you'll have uh, comments on, uh, where he talks about like how you can't translate between one language and another mm-hmm. because like even if you could get an equivalent word for things, you can't get like the pacing and just like the general verb of the language. And then like two days later, I read. Uh, a part of Beyond Good and Evil where he's talking about like how in German you can't ha- have the same verb as you would have in Italian. And I was like, oh, huh. That's basically the same idea. That's funny. Um, yeah, there's a little bit of accidental post-shadowing of, of Nietzsche's thinking. Um, yeah, those are the, I guess I named three books that I was uh, reading kind of simultaneously. No, I did not use them as I, I, I didn't even uh, finish Beyond Good and Evil uh, because I was too busy writing. Um, but yeah, those were uh, there was a little bit of studying that went into this, <laughs> a little bit of research. Okay. Um, it feels like th- I, I guess if I were to tell people or explain how the three different sections felt to me, even though this isn't exactly accurate, I would say the job where you have the job at the newspaper and the magazine and then the, oh, yeah. then the oh, Phineas, okay. Phineas, sorry. That's what I meant. Then the Kazali section and then the um, section about Jens, Jens Jacobson. Would you yeah. kind of agree with that? It's, that? That's how it feels in my memory. It's like three different sections. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be three. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, yeah. So And I mean, there's a lot to the middle section that isn't. Uh, Chazali, but uh, it does kind of build no, no, up yeah. to him. Yeah, a lot of a lot like of the other stuff. Out of the fifty pages, a lot of the other stuff. A, of a lot of the other stuff fits because it's uh, supposed to be a notebook that Phineas is keeping, just yeah. like in the first book, right? So, but those are the three things that feel yeah, very exactly. distinct. Um, okay, so let's start with the job. So, what do you think? Um, what do you want to talk about? Well, I guess I want to talk about some of the big ideas that kind of come from the the disillusionment and the leaving of the job, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so to me, yeah. one of the bigger themes is independence of thought and creativity. And that's... Thought and creativity. <laughs> I don't even know if it's like independence of those things, just like having thoughts and creating sure. things. <laughs> True, but what um, did what did Phineas expect from the job that he didn't get? Well, so that's the thing that um, I thought. I, I definitely thought through this because I I didn't think it would be fitting for like the typical you know disillusionment narrative is somebody comes in with high hopes and yeah. then those are like systematically you know dashed. Uh, but for Phineas. It's, for one thing, it didn't make sense for him to be, like, uh, idealistic about, you know, daily journalism. <laughs> uh, that just, like, for his personality doesn't make sense. But I think I thought it would be, like, narratively more interesting to have him, like, come in with no expectations. <laughs> like, he comes in and it's, like, a joke uh, how little he cares about the job. Like, um, mm-hmm. his, his, his editor, Ed James, says, you know, on the first day, he's like, how long have you dreamed of working for, for the newspaper? Uh, and he's like, uh, and he's like, I started my application in March, I guess. <laughs> that's, that's how long I've wanted this job. 
since I started applying for it. Um, but everyone around him is talking about it as like this venerable old institution that's nicknamed as God, the Grand Old Daily. Um, and yeah, people talk about it as they got uh, yeah. a paper of record. It's like the New York Times. Um, so yeah, Does he Phineas... doesn't have any expectations. And then he's disappointed anyway. <laughs> it's like it's even worse than nothing. Does Phineas want to be more of a um, person that would want to work at the newspaper, or does he like who he is? Well, I mean, there was just a sentence uh, on the first page where he's like, uh, I wanted to have do that job enough to not get fired or something, um, and then right up the side. And right that's, the, that's yeah. like the main thing is like he, he needs to, you know, make rent. Um, but the, the bigger thing is like writing his own. Uh, and it becomes this, uh, this, 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 he imagines the first thing he wants to write is that, that thing about false staff that kind of balloons into something else because he's, you know, so busy, uh, not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it kind of puts, puts more and more pressure into it and, and, and more and more ideas into it. Um, the job, yeah. the job uh, is a distraction. The job is a job for him. But it's a distraction from being able to write because of the yeah. things that, that, that I guess, get not him addicted in, 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 in to not like thinking. The amount of time he's like, you see him there working until like 7.30 or 8 sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like the, the soul crushing blandness right. of it all. <laughs> well, one of, the main, just... one of the main things is he learns to not think. And that was, like you said, having thought is important. Yeah. versus um, the habit he gets into at the job is being distracted by... Um, Computers and stuff. Yeah. De- and just, yeah, the, the work itself is not uh, intriguing, not enthralling, even if you're not... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and the people he's surrounded by are definitely... Um, you know, I guess you kind of become who you surround yourself with, and mm-hmm. the people that are surrounded by yeah. aren't necessarily readers or people that are um, thinking very deeply about stuff. It's it's definitely you know a problem. I would say for anyone in the news business. I mean, yeah, I like reading the newspaper, but they're you know, actively stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's really stupid. Maybe so, but I mean, it's the nature. Book. It's kind of the I nature. Would bring a book to work, and they'd be like. What? What even what? <laughs> but it's the nature of that business to have to deal with sort of things that fly at you every day, right? So it's kind of probably yeah. hard to... Um... They're just seized and ciphered, you know? Mm-hmm. Well... And they're all, they're all like, incredibly well-credential, too. Like, all the people that he's working with are, like, went to Yale or Princeton or Columbia or whatever, which is basically the experience of working at one of those newspapers uh-huh. All Yale and Chicago and Columbia mm-hmm. and places like that. Well, He's one moron. of the things... He's Ivy League moron. <laughs> okay, so I want to maybe tread gingerly here, but the, one of the things... Like, to me, yeah. that you mentioned this earlier a little bit, but that can kind of come off as maybe Phineas being a bit arrogant or unthankful. But at the same time, mm. at the same time, what I like about Phineas, I would say, is he doesn't care about prestige. Which is nice. Oh, zero. Yeah. Zero point zero. <laughs> because that is annoying. At work, that's how I feel. You know, I like working, and I think what I particularly like is 
feeling like I'm a part of a team and doing something um, productive or feeling like I'm contributing to doing things. And just the friendliness and, and camaraderie that comes from working on a team at work every day, okay? But some people aren't like that. Some people are very deliberate, very... Um, they're on purpose you know i'm kind of there on accident kind of like phineas in a way you know mm. and i don't know if one way is right or wrong but you know i mean do you see what i'm saying some people are at work very deliberately and i i kind of envy them because i they're feel like just... they are doing what they want to do for sure you know and um they care about prestige and titles and money and it's like it's just a diff- it's just different it's types just of like people. Different kinds of it's almost like different kinds of wanting. Mm-hmm. Like I almost think there should be a different word for those those beings. Um, wanting is like some some like deep movement of the soul is not what's going on when you decide to become an editorial writer. Like uh, uh, like 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 Phineas says in the first book. Like no one self actualizes by selling tranches of loans of auto loans, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but some people would like to do that. Some people find it the most amenable way to make as much money as they want to that way. I was going to say, it's interesting that you're competitive. Yeah. I feel like you would be competitive, right? Because you played sports. I was going to say, I think one of the factors of these types of people who I don't necessarily Is click a lot with, of sports. Well, no, being competitive. So it doesn't really matter what they're doing. You know, I think mm. selling insurance or whatever, I think the act of uh, being better than other well, people. So I was I was competitive and motivating. I think Phineas is competitive in a way that it's like uh, competing against or maybe not competitive, but I was I was a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And I think Phineas is something of a perfectionist uh, in writing um, where in basketball and to some degree in writing. Um, I'm not necessarily like competing with like I don't have a, like a, a peer in mind. I don't have like somebody that even, even like some you know old writer that I'm like trying to. I'm in some conscious agonistic struggle yeah. against like overcoming Faulkner or somebody. Yeah. Um, but it is like uh, I, I I feel a deep compulsion in my soul to do it. It's perfect. interesting, and I and it's interesting that you don't have that. You did not have that at the job, I guess. Like, you don't think of it as a challenge to overcome. You think of it as something you no. can get away from. Or uh, Phineas does. You see what I'm well, saying? Yeah, we, yeah, we, can, we can divide the, the two between that, uh, the two of us. Um, because he also is a little bit different at his job because he did it well. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do very well. I, did, I, I didn't care and I did not, like, work very hard. And uh, Phineas, like, does decently, I think. I don't think he's like a star. Yeah. I, I think he would have like slowly, if he had stayed, he would have like he was fitting gotten in. promoted about uh, about as quickly as you'd expect. He was fitting in, especially by the time he was on the magazine, right? So anyway, I yeah, mean... He was doing fine. I mean... I mean, he wasn't really going to the office and fitting in <laughs> socially. This brings uh, up... But he he does publish a lot. Like I have those two pages that are just lists of things he publishes, and for him they're like you know lists of soulless lists. <laughs> uh, the first one much more than the second one. Uh, when by the time he's working at the magazine, at least he's like writing you know book reviews of books he doesn't like a lot or something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Or he says that like some of the stuff he gets to write would be things he would read if he wasn't writing it. Um, but yeah, he, he he does produce plenty. Well, this brings up the the the, the concept of uh, different types of people at work brings up another theme. Which ties into another theme. So this is kind of later on, but when you talk about the soul and the body and the mind and everything and uh, how people um, put their soul as you, you know, whatever you mean by soul into their work and everything. Um, And it can become, it can become fungible into things that are objects or success or unimportant. Yeah. So that, what that bleeds into, hold on, hold on. I want to bring up one more thing. Then I'll let you talk, but it, that bleeds okay. into your concept of uh, whether or not I think there's a God, I, which is one of the biggest mm-hmm. questions that also bleeds into the the Jens uh, Jacobson. Uh, yeah, because Jens Peter Jacobson is a famous atheist right. writer. I don't think he ever says Jens Peter Jacobson is a famous atheist writer. No, but I knew uh, that. Yeah, but the the I don't think he he mentions this because I don't think it would be super interesting to Phineas, but. The original title for Niels Lina is greatest his masterwork, one of the great novels of all time, in my opinion, mm-hmm. was The Atheist. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Niels Lina, yeah, this is a through line. Uh, definitely, it, you can read, yeah, you definitely keep that in mind when you're thinking about Jakobsen. Um, and, yeah, uh, in, in the in the Kavali section, uh, where he's talking about the relationship of body and mind and, and soul and this like uh yes yeah, this idea that they're inseparable they're not they're they're just like uh different ways of talking about the same thing there's different experiences of the same thing the mind is you know part of your brain part of the body you know mm-hmm. um we experience the soul as this kind of like simultaneous experience and like like people about he he doesn't go into like you know cliches about stuff like my stomach is churning or I am broken hearted but we do experience like these deep soulful the the anima we we experience the soul as like some simultaneous interaction or some simultaneous uh, experience of like a mental state and a bodily state as he says uh, sensations in the viscera. Uh, which is such a phineous phrase, such a phineous way to put, put it. Um, and well, so, yeah, that, that, that's an idea that, uh, yeah, he, 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 he kind of finds himself realizing as he goes through the book. I don't know if it was something, it's not the kind of thing that he was talking about in Greek school society. Um, it aligns with something Oscar Wilde said, which was kind of a touchstone for the book, but I didn't ever actually put it in as like a quote because I think, uh, it was kind of like, um, well, I didn't put it in for a few reasons, but after a while, wrote in um, fragments and phrases and fragments for for the use of the young, uh, phrases and philosophies for the use of the young. Uh, he said something like, those who see any difference between the body and the soul must have neither, uh, which is a very Oscar Wildean way of putting that. But just the 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 the, the fact that, that uh, you know our bodies are these you know in, our, our minds are these incorporate things our, our, our bodies are suffused with our minds our our mental states produce bodily mm-hmm. actions and vice versa 
Um, yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, and he, he, I think, um, I, he, he, I'm glad you picked up on how that is like such a reaction to the disappointment of the first section, the kind of like draining of his body that happens while his mind is kind of going, while he's going insane and reading websites on his phone while he walks the gray pavements of New York. Um, he like, he, I mean, he's, he, he, he's like a weirdly healthy eater all the time, but like he goes from eating grain bowls at bars to just like drinking ice water and un, unflavored oatmeal in that first section there's that that, that time where he's like i wa- I went home and just ate oatmeal i had mm-hmm. purchased cinnamon to put in it but i forgot to do that so just eating like <laughs> if you've ever eaten unseasoned oatmeal it's like tough to put down he's eating flax seeds which is like if you've ever eaten that that is like rocks basically <laughs> it's, it's like chewing rocks it's very healthy for you but it's uh like nothing there's no flavor to it anymore um so like like uh, he doesn't like announce it during that section it's kind of just like a narrative thing that like dwindling uh dwindles down throughout um the kind of again the 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 the, the, the like evanescence of his mind as he's working uh is kind of coterminous so like contemporary with this just like uh, yeah, it's like, like lack of appetite, this kind of, uh, desensitization of the body, um, which also has the obvious, like, sexual aspect because, uh, he has, like, that one girl that he's set up with by his, his work friend and, like, it's just, like, not, it's, like, it's in- entirely indifferent to, mm. um, and then, yeah, by the time either fire or fire, uh, there's like no one else in his life at all, and then by the time of the end, Peter Jacobson, there's just like a, uh, you know, uh, an unplanned re- reawakening of that. There's a section of it is the wanting that I wanted, um, where he's talking about yeah, just that that like yeah, that uh, resensitization of the body that uh, kind of like that he's like sexual being again. Um, while he's like, you know, uh, it, 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 it's at the same time as like he's able to eat, you know, uh, he's like eating brown rice and like, like bell peppers and like healthy, but like, you know, lively things, like they like things that have some kind of taste to them. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm glad that you, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that that was apparent that like the, the first part is kind of, or, or, or that he's writing about himself, kind of. not just himself. He's, he's he's like a universalizer, of course. Uh, but when he's writing either fire or fire, a lot of those things that he's writing in that book are uh, at least prompted by things that had happened in the first section, including that kind of like uh, defunct defunction of the the mind and body at the same time. Yeah, so help me understand it better because when you okay, let's go to the either fire or fire quote from uh, yeah, sure. Okay, I don't know. It's on the back of the book. Okay, so the highest heaven that a person need ever live in is creativity or or the creating or or becoming the moment of creating. Yeah, the okay. moment, not uh-huh. moment. 
So help I mean, me help, doing one thing. <laughs> help me understand inside of that understanding about the soul and the mind and the body being one. Help me understand the significance of why does that matter? Does that make sense to you? Because it's like to me, if you're not um, if you're not ambivalent at all about there being a division between the soul and the and the body and what that means, like that has implications, right? So what are the implications of that not being true? That lead you to well, for one thing, I guess as a theological point, the idea of like the co-terminality of the body and the soul would be like uh, I, I think we one of the reasons we and he talks about this like one of the reasons we imagine like there's an eternal life after life is because y- you think of the the soul as this like disembodied thing almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, when your body dies, that doesn't mean that your soul would have to die. Um, when, uh, you know, he would say that's just, like, how we're defining, like, these, you know, diaphanous. We put a word on all these diaphanous feelings that also happen in the body. But, like, we, we just, like, put a word that's different. We kind of define them differently than the body. Um, so then they're in this, like, mental category that's different. But that doesn't mean that they're, like, actually separate. Um, so as a theological point, the first thing would be that there isn't like, you know, an eternal life heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, our, 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 the, 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 the idea that we kind of, or the, the, the experience that we kind of balloon out into our idea of heaven is going to be, or, or is like heaven on earth. Just like the experiences that we have that are intensely vital and, you know, ecstatically uh, transcendently joyful, um, and that yeah, the, 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 the or not, not 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 just like joyful in in the sense in his sense, joyful as in like the the life lived fully. Because um, mm-hmm. we yeah, remember that like quick thing he has about enjoyment and joy, uh, and how there can be like joyful pain. So joyful is that the wisdom. main is that the main conclusion about the practical implication is to live your life more fully because that's all you have. Well, that, that, I mean, that's, that, that, that's kind of it, but it's not just like, it's, it's not just vaguely more fully, like live your life as, you know, a person who sells auto insurance loans more fully. Um, because he's, he's very specifically like the, uh, most, you know, invigorated moments are the, you know, um, uh, it, it, well, I'll, I'll say like a particularly ki- invigorated kind of moment is the moment of creation. It's a little bit different than like Walter Pater, who thought that like uh, the job of humanity was to experience art, uh, experience these little crystallized, uh, you know, experiences of the world, uh, uh, crystallizations of the world. Um, Phineas uh, has room for other things too. But, like, the main, like, the go-to for him would be the experience of active creation, mm-hmm. um, which is much more intense than... I've, I've read some good-ass books, and I've seen some good paintings, and listened to Prelude à la Première d'Enfant, which is probably the greatest song I've ever heard. Um, but, yeah, that's not the same as writing my shitty books, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like, but what about people that don't write? I, I, I know we kind of talked about this before, but... Um, what yeah, is, we what, haven't touched on it before. What is your answer to that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it doesn't matter because Phineas is living in his I own... Have any, I don't have any. I don't have... I mean, 
I would need to like learn how to paint or something. <laughs> like if you, if you well, no, that, I mean, that question to Phineas in like a serious mode, um, that would be like his answer is that there has to be like, when he talks about like the necessities in life are the miscellaneous thing. It's, you know, like sexual enjoyment or it's like, cause that's miscellaneous, but the, the, the affection that kind of con- condensed around our sexual experiences or, or he doesn't talk about that explicitly in the book. No. Uh, but he kind of implicitly talked about it at the end. Um, or like art. He, uh, that's kind of like the, the creating art. Yeah. Um, something that is, is, is not necessary to the like, you know, not is like daily functioning of humanity. Um, that those are the essential things for him. Those are the, the necessities of life. The, the difference between life and just like, existing again using an Oscar Wilde sort of as, as, as a rubric there um most people exist or whatever it was like few people live most people exist and that is all mm-hmm. um and so it's like a very it's it maybe not like elitist because I don't think he was like uh it, 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 it's very rare I guess um I don't think it's elitist in that it's, he's not like saying there's like some natural dispensation <laughs> but the does cosmos, it, but you have to be at the hierarchy of some natural, natural, the, the top of some natural hierarchy. But why does, um, why does, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but is it necessary that you have that point of view to live fully? Because when you talk about, for example, on page 120, the enchanted forest and how, like, it's basically yeah. you're saying enchantment is a delusion and you should just sort of take that away and, and appreciate it for what it is, right? Without imagining that yeah. there's a God that owns the forest or that there's anything spirits in the wonderful forest. about yeah. it. Why is that better? Why is it better not to have that other, even if it's a delusion? I mean, because it's true. Is that your point? Is that the main argument by Phineas? Well, I mean, like his argument there is that enchantment leads to disenchantment, at least historically. I think you can make a... Kind of lame argument, but a, 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 you could make an argument that his that he's saying like historically we like uh, so so his argument there is like we were enamored of the sea and of the power of the wind and of the power of the forest, and so we started to imagine that they were gods, mm-hmm. and then um, kind of like by an inevitable organization of things, especially as humans became more powerful, so we could imagine our gods more powerful and not just like passive like oh that's the, the wind um we could kind of imagine that into a single god and that single god exists you know is, is this uh like he says what the what was imminent became sacred what was sacred became holy and what is holy is like separate from the world what is holy isn't like the wind or the waves or you know the forest what's holy is like the thing that created those things and exist in some like beyond Mm -hmm. it's metaphysical um so yeah when god became a metaphysical being then like he says the sea is not just a sea anymore the sea is like a sea that isn't god (laughs) um the world itself is disenchanted i think you can see that in a lot of christians and a lot of uh, monotheists who uh kind of imagine this life as just like a preemptive like 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 an like a like a you know, a preface to their real life in heaven where everything will be vital and mm-hmm. uh, hard-edged and, like, you'll get your... That's, like, your real existence is in heaven. Um, 
so like this this world is as he says like it it, it or as he imagines it uh so those people becomes like a music box where the music has stopped playing it's not just a box that you can open it's a box that you open and it doesn't play music anymore mm-hmm. um so the ocean is not just not god it's the ocean where God isn't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's specifically not imminent. It's, it's specifically undivine. Um, and it, it, it's kind of inevitably grayer because of that. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so yeah, yeah. For him, atheism is really important and, and, and comes up and he's not even, I, I wouldn't even think of him as like a proud atheist. I don't even think he would like right. care to label himself like that. But atheism is like a revitalization. It is part of his like revitalization of his life. It's part of his revitalization. the way he imagines to to revitalize the world. Um, is that it's kind of like, I mean, kind of like you said, there's 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 nothing but now. Um, <coughs> but yeah, as 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 a way to actually experience, you know, a forest for what it is. Um, yeah, we, 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 if we, if we imagine, if we start imagining that it's, you know, filled with spirits that are led by a God and that that God is, you know, an all powerful omniscient being and therefore exists outside of <laughs> time and space, then we're just like, yeah, it's just evaporating. It's just the, the idea of the sacred is just like evaporating out of life inevitably. I talk a lot, so I need to drink a little bit. So yeah, feel free to talk for a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know exactly what to say because what I, but that I was a, that was a good, but that was a really good way of pulling out the eight. The like, I had no idea how to answer your your question about God too, because God is obviously a very big part of that. Um, yeah. So yeah. You asked about uh, the mind body dualism yeah. and my soul dualism or trialism. I don't know. Well, because um, if I'm reading your, I guess. Being. I guess if I'm reading your book, I guess one of the things I would take away if I were to be influenced by it would be to say, you know, maybe this is all nonsense, all this stuff about God. Maybe I should you know, be more like Phineas. And I think that you know that, that that's kind of one of the things that people would take away, right? But I guess my main thing was what's, as a, as what's my the... My writerly pretension would be, yes, that. I don't really care if people agree with I'm not saying you like care. Yeah, I'm not saying... As a... As a political being but as, as a writer i would love for people to get uh corrupted <laughs> by Phineas. yeah that would just mean that Sidious is corrupted or is corrupting yeah and, yeah and i guess if i were to foray something that would be sort of a um a response to phineas i would say what different then what difference does it make if in other words you have the same scenario whether or not you have a body mind dualism or whether or not it's the same thing why do i care or why is enchantment what do you mean same scenario what, because you're experiencing the feelings the same. He talks about one of the quotes: "You're walking through the forest, and the greens are greener because of the alacrity, or something." But you're not you're not experiencing it the same. That's what he, that's the whole point of his his, his, his metaphor about the uh, broken music box. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. No, specifically not. You're specifically feeling what if I don't have the enchanted world? But 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 some people don't have the music box. In other words, in other words, that's how Phineas sees it. So he sees the music box metaphor, but other people don't have that in their life. Other people don't view it that way. Does that make sense? So they don't have the idea that it's no longer enchanted. 
I don't know. Anyway, I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm just. I'm I would tr- say, yeah. I, I think. Um, uh, I mean, he's he's saying that as like uh, kind of a diagnosis. I mean, you could say his, exactly. He's, he's he is diagnosing it incorrectly, right. but he's making a diagnosis of like. But a, a, he's making a very know? thorough diagnosis that's sort of historical, and he's sort of looking at it like a scientist or something and figuring out what what's going on. But not everybody is, yeah, as like does an outsider, that. very much. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I, I think there's an argument to be made for the other side. I think you know. I I don't know. To me, and I I'm saying this very loosely without any particular um, ideology or, or theology or anything. But I think the joy of life, to me, a lot of it does come from the idea of there being a God, and that's just my opinion based on my experience. So I don't. But I, of course, I could be imagining that based on my mind, and that's probably what. You would say, but um, I, to me, that's important to to figure out, I guess. And I don't know if you can ever do that or decide. Yeah, about it. I, I mean, yeah, sure. Like maybe uh, <laughs> uh, again, I don't. I, I'm not personally like invested in the argument. I don't even think Phineas is that invested in like dissuading people from well, believing in God. Moving on to Kazel. Uh, no, no, but. Like, like it, it, it's just like an essential part of his philosophy. It's very essential. Yes, it's but it's yeah. saturated in the whole book, especially considering Gazelli. Mm-hmm. And then to me, I looked up uh, Jacobson, and so you know, I was aware of. Yeah. And then and then and then his um his mustache too. <laughs> no, his his end is sad, you know, and it's like it's like oh, it, yeah. it's like um. To to Boy think well to think that, that to yeah. think that that's it, and then the ending of your book, of course, is sort of reminiscent of, well, that's it, that's all there is, you know. And I think that's kind of sad, yeah. but I mean, you you probably wouldn't say it was sad because you feel like it's true, right? So it's not sad; it's just sort of something to accept. And from that, I would you say no. I think it's legitimately it. sad when you're done writing something. I, I I feel I rarely feel more sad than when I'm done writing something, just because. I don't get to write it anymore. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Nothing else. Um, yeah, I, I'm always really sad when I'm done writing. So let's move on to talking about specifically Cazelli, um, who you made up. Cazale. Cazale. Yes. Who uh, canonically he made up. Phineas sorry, made sorry, up. Phineas made up. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. Um. What I'm saying I is he's not a real guy. Another person named Myrna Bernstenzi, but it's not answered in the text whether or not Phineas made her up. She historically does not exist. Okay. She has a couple quotes kind of sprinkled throughout. Um, and he does a little pressies of one of her quotes, and like she, yeah, she comes up occasionally in the Chivali section. But that reminds um, me, all the all the minor spelling errors; those are on purpose, correct? <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> Well, I, I uh, because it is his notebook. Yeah, so, and like, you did that. You did that in Gridsville, I think. So I remembered yeah. that, and I didn't tell you about them because I figured they were on purpose. Yeah, or at least that's my excuse. <laughs> I have somebody reading Gridsville who's like, or who read Gridsville and is reading uh, either Fire or Fire, who is an English teacher and is like, uh, I got it. I got it. I got to make a note of it. Please, I got to know that you know that it's. A... Um. Okay. That's my universal excuse. It cannot be disproven. <laughs> you cannot put in the newspaper that I was wrong. <laughs> exactly. Um, that I was accidentally wrong. All right. One of the things that comes out of Cazelli, uh, we 
sort of touched on this earlier, I think, when we were talking before this call. Words are too neat to kind of explain Ooh. things. And then um, that, that, that keeps following through the end of the book after yeah, you bring that up. Yeah. Um, which I know has been on your mind a long time uh, because I know you, you disparage... Well, first of all, the translation thing we talked about earlier. And then oh, yeah. the English language being uh, less than adequate for you. And then, oh yeah, <laughs> and, sometimes like too adequate, sometimes like too precise, mm. you know. Yeah, I like um, the, you had a, that. You had a quote about an apple, and I can't remember the word you used besides apple, but you. Tunamella, which is the Italian. I agreed with you. Yeah, it sounds more like an apple. <laughs> it feels more yeah. like when you say it, it feels like you're eating an apple or something. Um, yeah, it, or at least it, it, like you imagine. Even if you're imagining two different apples, you're imagining two different apples when you say apple. And then when you say Unabella. Yeah. Well, you or know. Ein Apfel, if you want to. The last book we read together was Virginia Woolf, which is interesting because, mm. in relation to this thing about words, I feel like your writing is very clear. And that's sort of something I didn't expect based on. Like, I expected, I guess, your evolution to be more weird by this point. Get more abstract. <laughs> well, I mean, I get it. This is a note. This is like a journal someone's keeping. So, of course, yeah. you're not going to. Typically, I don't think someone would keep a journal that would be confusing or, or sort of dreamlike or yeah. something. Um, mm. But except for the dreams, remember Jacobson has dreams. Except for that yeah. part, it didn't feel at all unclear ever, and it was you were very you're very concise and clear in your use of. Uh, I think words. I, I I've kind of like uh, gotten into Phineas's. I think Phineas like I mean he's a couple years older, so you would be a better writer. Um, and I'm better at writing him too. Um, so yeah, the kind of like precision. That does, does that annoy you that you have to do that? I mean, because your short stories. In... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fun. It's like I'm stuck. I I'll write something and it takes me 45 minutes to write it, and it takes me two fucking hours to type it up because I'm rewriting everything because it's like, oh, that's 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 a weak way of putting that. It has to be more exacting. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. It's actually fucking. That's like it's, it's so hard. I, <laughs> I'm such a bad writer. <laughs> He's such a better writer than me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it forces me to be a better writer, and that has carried over to other things I've written. And um, so, if, if there's like commonalities between things I've written, it's only because it has forced me to be better at stuff. Well, that, but you, man, it fucking sucks. Sorry. <laughs> well, I have a bias towards the. the... I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> I think I have a bias towards clear writing or clarity in writing. I mm-hmm. really like people like C.S. Lewis. For some reason, the British, I feel like they grow up with the language in their bones or something because to me, they're way more clear in everything they say. A lot, a lot of the um, sort of people of letters. Well, how do you feel about uh, Wolf? Because yeah, that was the like prompting. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like she deliberately had to make it. In a way, different from her natural style of writing. Do you feel that way? I feel like she's extremely clear in the, uh, in the yeah. main, in the main. But then the style, of course, was dreamlike or or, or, or you know, yeah, running on. But you reminded me a lot of you know her and um, and people like that. Well, that's fair because um, yeah, Wolf is definitely one of his like uh, inspirations, also mine. But I know, but I yeah, know that's not your idea. But I just feel like that's not your ideal, you know. Like your short stories in Woman mm-hmm. in White to me were um, not experimental, but I mean they were more sort of unconstrained by the very precise 
language used in here. And I like it. Believe me, um, that's it sort just of... Depends, it just depends for me on the story. I don't accept yeah. it's just the stories that exist. Okay. Um, so yeah, I have no like specific attachment to, say, the writing style of one short seat pass, except that that had to be the way I wrote that story in my mind. <laughs> you could have written it better some other way, maybe. Um, but that like very bare bones way of writing that. Um, to me, that just had to be the way you wrote that story. So I could have written that in like a Phineas way where he's like, you know, uh, I could have written that like Phineas would have written it uh, and it would be way different. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just the type of thing. Um, so um, so I, I mean, I, I honestly do have some attachment, but I would rather not have any attachment to just the style. What gave you the idea for the Gazelli section? Is that Phineas trying to come up with a book to write? Uh, well, so yeah, either fire or fire is like him, the montage of things. That's like, uh, he's like trying to write a book, but uh, for various reasons, he's unable to finish it. Um, and yeah, Gazelli, I don't know how I came up with I think I came up with the name first. <laughs> uh, and then uh, wrote after that I kind of like um, I wrote the first couple of things that he wrote and then I realized that he has backstory and uh, wrote the backstory of you know he's like an Italian uh, exile yeah. from the like post Garibaldi Victor Emmanuel era uh, 1870s like, I think uh, 1860s 1870s I think he was writing in 1875 to like 1883 or something um, something like that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that is, uh, I mean, there's, there's certainly some Nietzsche in there. Uh, but yeah, that was just like, I thought that that was how, uh, Phineas would write that. Um, <clears throat> how he would like, he wouldn't, he's like such a weirdo that like he wouldn't write a manifesto. He would write a character writing a manifesto. <laughs> um, and like make up that character and that not only that, but like the character's life itself is kind of like an embodiment of that manifesto. Um, that's yeah. why it's important that he has the, the, the end, he dies right. Yeah. Uh, he dies like not distressed, distressingly writing. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of goes the way he had been going. Mm -hmm. And dies, and he's like helping people learn, <laughs> helping his landlord, or, or helping the people who are keeping him learn Latin, and mm -hmm. uh, trying to overthrow the the monarch in Italy to his dying breath and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's not just the uh, 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 it's not just these are the things I as Phineas believe. It's like uh, a dramatic, I mean, he, he, he says it openly, but it's like, uh, sorry, writing a character in a play. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't write a, a manifesto. He'd write a guy writing a manifesto. He'd write a character in a play. Mm -hmm. That makes like sense. Such a, well, he dies, and then you know who else who dies, as I pronounce it, Jens Peter Jacobson. So that kind of leads yeah, us into yellow, yellow it's, it's leaves or none or few. Which yeah. I assume is from a poem he wrote, Jacobson. That's from a poem. That's from Sonnet seventy three by oh. Shakespeare, which is actually <laughs> That's how embarrassing. somewhere else. Okay, in the in words for music, perhaps for words for music, perhaps 
it's mentioned quickly as like a crowning achievement of Shakespeare's career. Okay, well, um, I missed Which, yeah, it's my favorite of his sonnets. Okay. Um, that time of year thou mayest in me behold <laughs> when yellow leaves or none are few to hang. Oh. I'm bad at memorizing poems. Um, That's good. But yeah, uh, the Emil's Lima, speaking of, everyone tries to death too. So well, was a, that? There's a theme of death. Well, there's a theme of death in your short stories too. So Yeah, I mean, everything's about either. In it in or death. And, Which makes sense, right? Uh, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess it's kind it's of a big thing. It's all fucking or dying. And, you know, uh, he does fuck a little bit. Of this stuff, so it's a little bit comprehensive. Um, that's like a, there's a poor Max McCarthy quote that I don't like about how, like, he can only imagine a literature that matters being about death, which I don't know if that's the case, because I have written things that weren't about death. Uh, but... Well, I think what you just said about the the fact that the life lived is kind of matched the the uh, the the philosophy the philosophy yeah. that was dangerous at the time, or at least from, oh, yeah. in his context. I so mean, that, he got ex- he got ex- exiled. Yeah, probably. yeah, and yeah. that didn't bother the man at all. <laughs> so, yeah. and it's kind of like oh, he was happy. He was a proud expulsarian. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of Jacobson, who comes to sort of a piece about the fact mm-hmm. that he has a life to live at least. That excludes some. So, in other words, the fact that his his sickness a curtailed life to live consumption. Yeah, it kind of it kind of crosses out uh, some things like marriage or um, he can focus on yeah. writing and, and maybe studying. Yeah, he had been a botanist. He was. Um, I mean, he he was like a leading scientist. He won some gold medal for his dissertation at, or for a dissertation at college. Right. Um, and he 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 was the person who translated. Darwin in Danish for the first time, so he had like some standing in the scientific community. Yeah, even if it was less like, I think the scientific community itself was less like formalized in the 19th century. Uh, but there is a version of him who becomes like just a botanist who writes poetry. <laughs> yeah, but that was thrown out. <laughs> but he can't he... be going to the bogs while he's unable to breathe. <laughs> and do you did you get the sense that his life was lonely? Oh, yeah, he was very lonely. Okay. Um, there's a debate in, you know, uh, Danish literary studies about whether he was gay or just, like, incredibly asexual. Because <laughs> there, there's, there's a quote somebody said about, like, he never had any romances. There was, when he was a teenager, there was a girl who probably had a crush on him and became schizophrenic. Uh, and that's kind of it. <laughs> like, that's mentioned in all the biographies because that is the only, like, like, whiff of, of Eros in his life. And he, uh, there's a, uh, one of the quotes I took, not word for word, but from a letter that he wrote his friend Ed- Edward. Uh, the one that's like, uh, when he's walking back from the bus, from the train station, um, and he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm an ass. I'm, you know, <laughs> the lonely one or whatever he says. Um, when he talks about being a, an I.I. lemur who just like, you know, is sloth like takes a week to climb up a tree and then just falls straight down. Yeah. That is from one of his letters, or at least a couple of those images are from one of his letters. Uh, when he talks about being a sculptor with no clay, has all the materials that you would need to sculpt except for clay. Um, yeah, he was incredibly lonely, um, and his illness didn't help. 
but he had been lonely before. There was like a thing. He was like at, at, at the parties at the, 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 you know, the free thinker parties in, in Denmark where they would all get drunk and boisterous. He would like stand at the corner and just be tall and like not really talk to anybody. And he was asked to give a speech once and gave like an incomprehensibly advanced speech about evolution and botany that just like nobody understood and like everyone was like awkward about. Um, so yeah, he was not like a socially suave person. He was like, you know, uh, very much a, uh, an introvert, like a complete hundred percent introvert. Um, incredibly shy well it was fitting i think that you ended with it i mean it's weird it's kind of like i was going to say one of the things i like about the book uh keeps in line with the other one griggsville although there's less of a plot but the miscellany of of going all over the place even but with a purpose i mean i think there was obviously themes that ran through i would say that there's like direction there isn't a, a, a overhanging plot. I mean, there is. It definitely ends up writing a book. But yeah, the overhanging plot is not like, uh, there's not like the inciting incident at the beginning of the book that's answered at the end of the book um, in a eventful way. Yeah. I think in like a spiritual way, it is an answer. But um, yeah, just like eventfully, it's not, yeah, it's not very thoughtful. Plotted. <laughs> I feel bad at making you cough, but uh, anyway. I know. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm not used to talking so much. We're pretty uh, much done. It's been 50 minutes. I was going to say, you well, know. You have to speed your Yakutsen, at least. Yeah, no, I just think it's a very individual book, which I, I was going to say the lack of uh, plot but isn't bad. I mean, it's it's all over the place mm. in, in a way. If you're reading it, especially the the notes that intersperse between the three main parts kind of feel mm. not random, okay, but... Yeah. Um, but definitely idiosyncratic, you know, I think that's a nice thing about it. It's sort of, uh, it's a very similar feel to Griggsville, but I think you take it sort of a step further without the, um, the through line of a the plot. The overhanging plot, yeah. Um, so yeah, that just, that just felt, it was like hard to convince myself to do something like that, but it felt the most organic. Because that's like, one of the things that happens is that, like, after you graduate from college, there's kind of a formlessness, right? Um, and to be able to, like, write that is hard um, because you have to, like, write, create a form in which to express the formlessness of, you know, being 22 or 23 or whatever. Yeah. Um and that's what I was going for. Um, so yeah, uh, the 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 story is, uh, is happening on like a level that's not exactly uh, superficial, not exactly all all immediately there. Which is also true, I would say, of life. <laughs> Um, to put that the most pretentious way I can. That is how life that life happens. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I realized generally over, over like the last few things I've done, but the idea of like 
a story almost happening accidentally, and in this case, not happening accidentally, um, is yeah something I'm, I'm artistically working through. Um, Grigsville, just similarly, <laughs> it kind of just like, oh, end of the school year. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it's kind of like, and, and I mean, speaking of a story that happens accidentally, he's like writing, you know, his thesis when that story happens. It's not like he's searching for an adventure. Um, yeah, that's something I like to, or I'm, 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 I'm trying to work on, trying to, or I have tried a couple times in different ways to put into words, into a story, into a book. At this time, it has to be more extreme because it gets more extreme as life goes on. And you don't even have, you know, the school calendar to, to give your life some kind of structure to that. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, anyway, Either Fire or Fire by Nash Kuhn. Yeah, I guess there's not, there's, I don't know if there's anything else. I am dying to say...